Chapter 27 of Rational Theology as Taught by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints by John Andreas Widso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Wayne Cook. Chapter 27 The United Order. The true relation among men, the doctrine of the brotherhood of man, is nowhere better exemplified than in the principle of the united order. This system of living represents, no doubt, the acme of brotherly love and human efficiency. Purpose. The United Order recognizes that men have different talents and therefore different aspirations which should be allowed full and free unfolding. That is, the individual should be allowed to exercise his inborn gifts. The United Order further provides that the members of a community share equally in the material returns of the activities of the whole community. Since the wants of a community are satisfied only by a variety of necessary labor, some yielding large, others small, material gains, the United Order provides that, if a man work to the full of his ability all the working days of his life, he should have an equal share in the material gains of the community, whatever his labor may be. Under this system there could be no poverty. All would be amply supplied with the material necessities of life. Those who, because of their greater talents or training, do the greater work, will receive whatever is needed for the maintenance of life, and they will attain, moreover, a greater growth and satisfaction because of the greater work that they have performed. Since the material wants of all will be amply supplied, there can be no real reason why all should not share in the total results of the labor of the community. The United Order implies a closely organized body of men and women working together for individual and for mutual advancement. In theory, at least, it appears to be the best answer to many of the great questions that trouble mankind. Historical. The United Order is not a new conception. It has been known from the beginning of time. In the days of Enoch, the seventh patriarch, the United Order was practiced successfully. When the Church was organized by Christ, the United Order was practiced very fully for some time by many of the people. It is quite possible that the Order has been established and practiced successfully in other times, but no record has come down to this age. Finally, in this dispensation, the United Order was revealed to the Prophet Joseph Smith. The people on several occasions tried to practice it, and wherever practiced correctly, it appeared to result in good but individual selfishness usually resulted in the abandonment of the practice. It is a system of life requiring the fullest understanding of the gospel truth and the greatest conception of man's place in the universe. In its practice, men must overcome their selfishness and accept at their true values the various rewards of life. Enoch and his people acquired such high control over themselves that they were able to practice the united order unselfishly, and at last were translated from the earth without tasting death. It seems that the united order is above the reach of the kind of men and women we are now. Nevertheless, it is the system we approach as we approach perfection. Cooperation The united order has been suspended as a required form of life in the church, but its spirit still remains. Those who are indeed worthy members of the Church must accept the spirit of the United Order. It finds present expression in the system of cooperation, 
under which many unite in one enterprise in such a way that no one person dominates it but that all concerned have a voice in it and so that the profits resulting from the enterprise are divided more or less uniformly among those connected with it cooperative enterprises have been fostered constantly and consistently by the church in the latter days and in the majority of instances have been extremely successful in fact when the church settled in utah it would have been impossible to accomplish the great work before the pioneers had they not practiced cooperation to give every man a full and proper chance is the spirit of the true church tithing every organized church must have some means of material support houses of worship must be constructed temples must be built education must be fostered the poor must be provided for and many other material needs form a part of the great spiritual mission of the church for the general support therefore of the church and of the poor who are unable to provide for themselves a fund has been provided by the tithing of the people this is a preparation for the united order and some day will be replaced by the more complete system this fund is maintained by the payment by each member of the church of one-tenth of his earnings as they are delivered to him the money thus obtained is placed in the hands of the bishops and is dispersed under the direction of the first presidency associated with the presiding bishopric and other officials named in the revelations tithing is an ancient system frequently mentioned in the history of the past it is fair to all the people for it is necessarily a system whereby each man pays in proportion to his earnings great blessings follow obedience either to the law of united order or the law of tithing voluntary offerings in addition to tithing voluntary offerings may be made to the church for specific or general purposes as for the support of the poor or distressed living near us or for the building of churches the common good all these devices for gathering material funds for the sustenance of the church simply show the underlying and overwhelming desire of those who understand the gospel to assist for mutual benefit not the good of one but the common good is uppermost in the minds of those who understand and love the gospel end of chapter twenty seven